It's over 9,000! Super Elite Warriors, and welcome to Final Forum, the podcast for the discussion of all things Dragon Ball. I am your host, Jelly, and this is Final Forum's Dragon Balloween. What does that mean? Well, it means we're going to bring you a full month filled with things that are sort of semi-tangentially related to Dragon Ball and Halloween, but not really because we couldn't think of a better way to do this. Halloween is my favorite time of year. Uh, It might be Bikini's also, or maybe his is, I don't know, Space Hanukkah, and we'll do eight days of podcasting uh, during Hanukkah season. But Halloween is my favorite time of year, and I wanted to do something special for our listeners for Halloween. So, what we're doing for our Dragon Balloween is taking a look at things that are sort of outside the wheelhouse of Final Forum in one way or another, whether that's what I'm going to do here today, which is to discuss uh, characters and designs, we'll talk more about that in a moment, or what we'll be doing during our regularly scheduled episodes this month, we will be looking at movies or shows from creative people who worked on Dragon Ball that are not Dragon Ball shows. So for this year, 2022, Dragon Balloween, our two feature-length or regular-length episodes will be a commentary of the 1984 film Godzilla Returns, which features a extremely brief cameo from Akira Toriyama as an extra fleeing from Godzilla's rampage. And we will also be taking a look at Osamu Tezuka's manga slash anime Don Dracula, which was a 20-some, 24, I think, chapter manga that was collected into a bunch of Tankobans, I think, eight of those and then there were eight episodes of an anime produced and we'll be taking a look at that because the screenplay writer for that was the same as the screenplay writer for Dragon Ball and so that's what we'll be doing for this Dragon Balloween but in addition to that we are going to bring you a couple of mini-sodes as I'm calling them doing 
our show, the way we do it, is quite a bit of work, but I wanted to load up October with some extra fun goodies because, again, it's my favorite time of year, so let's celebrate that Dragon Ball style. Now, there's only so many times you can do scariest moments in Dragon Ball or scariest characters, and then you're out of things to do. So, we're going with the more aesthetic portion of this time of year, the the costumes and cosplay and and that sort of thing. And yes, I probably then we should have started with a who has the best costumes in Dragon Ball episode or mini-sode, but we're not going to do that. Instead, I will be giving you, and later in the month, Bikini will be giving you uh, our top 10 Dragon Ball character designs. So this is based purely on looks, purely on design, and, you know, it's up to the discretion of each person making the list to decide. So hopefully that all makes sense to you. It makes sense to me as I'm sitting here telling you. That's our plan for Dragon Balloween, the the month of October, to try and do something a little bit special, a little bit extra for this fun, festive time of year during which I particularly like to take part. Without further ado, I'll be giving you my list now. Before I get into my list, I'd like to do a couple of honorable mentions and just throw out for you guys who just barely didn't make my cut. Uh, Beerus, Boo, and Teen Gohan. And the reason why they didn't make my lists uh, is for Teen Gohan especially. I feel like that's not really uh, iconic. His character changes the way he looks a lot of times. Uh, Beerus just kind of didn't quite make the cut. And then Boo... There's not really one definitive boo. I know for some of the characters I'm about to tell you that are in my top 10 designs, there's not one definitive of them, but uh, deal with it, I guess. So, coming in on my list of top 10 Dragon Ball character designs at number 10 is Android 18. Here's the thing about Akira Toriyama when it comes to his female characters in general. And the reason why you sadly won't see Bulma on this list, and she's probably another honorable mention. Uh, And aside, also, if we do costumes or an outfits episode someday, which, you know, we start getting into year two or three of this, we definitely will. Bulma will 100% be getting on that kind of a list, and maybe more than once. Uh, Toriyama, though... To get back to my point here, he kind of refuses to give his female characters a singular definitive look. Something that really defines them and makes them who they are just by their appearance, by their outline, by their profile. Bulma has had dozens of outfits and hairstyles over the years. Chi-Chi has changed her appearance. Even Videl, who's barely in the show, has changed a lot. Android 18, however, has stayed pretty consistent. Sure, she wears a tracksuit now instead of her like iconic costume in order to distance herself from her Red Ribbon Army days, but her general profile and outline remain very similar. It's a great femme fatale, and it's really no wonder that it's a well that's gone to more often for cosplayers than probably any other female character in Dragon Ball. Android 18 has a simple, beautiful design. Okay, coming in at number 9, 
for Jelly's top 10 character designs is Gotenks. Fusion characters in terms of the quote-unquote canon of Dragon Ball are not generally wildly interesting. You take two characters who already look quite a bit alike and you just smush them together and if you look at one way, you see one character a little bit more, and the other way, you see the other character a bit more. This is especially true of the Goku-Vegeta fusions, uh, Vegito and Gogeta, when you, like, cut them in half, when you when you bisect them vertically, you will see Vegeta on one side and Goku on the other. It's not the most interesting thing in the world, but Gotenks, Goten and Trunks don't look too similar, and so... Fusing them together into a singular character winds up giving us a character who's his own thing. Rather than look like just Trunks with black hair or Goten with purple hair, Gotenks looks like his own thing. It, granted, that's a little bit like Vegeta with Trunks highlights, and so you could argue maybe Goten gets a little bit lost in the whole thing, but it comes together extremely well and it makes Gotenks stand apart from either of the two beings who come together to make him. I think it's a great design. Number 8, Master Roshi. Master Roshi is probably the first character in Dragon Ball, at least in terms of major characters, whose exterior wholly subverts his interior possibilities. He appears goofy, unrefined, lacking entirely in any ability to be serious. He's just wearing a Hawaiian shirt, flip-flops, shorts, and sunglasses. He's a doof. But underneath that is a power that's really barely hinted at by his design, which is what makes the design so good. His face is mostly hidden beneath those glasses and that mustache. Despite the out loud silliness, there's this mysticism that goes along with his face being so shrouded and difficult to see. It's iconic, it's bright, it's fun, and it has just enough of a dash of secrecy to pull the whole thing together. Number 7. Android 16. There's a lot to unpack with Android 16 as a character, and we will someday, but we're not here for that. Not really, anyway. This is just about how he looks, and he looks sweet. At once over-the-top and ridiculous, and somehow refined and kind of reserved, Android 16's exterior pretty perfectly encapsulates his interior, and that's why it's such a great design. He looks buff and strong, he can have this mean scowl, and he's got this fiery, angry red mohawk, but it, it all makes for a tough-looking guy. And then there's something soft, for lack of a better word, to it all that makes it inviting and, and almost huggable. You get to who he is as a character, where he's created by Dr. Jero and the likeness of Jero's son, and you start kind of picking up on even more intricacies to this design. How he's the only android that has plating, and not plating, but has armor and extra padding. Almost like Jero, in reviving his son, wanted to make sure that his son wasn't ever hurt or killed again. It's a character who would stop at nothing to kill Goku, because that's what he's uh, programmed for, but he befriends birds, and he's benevolent to all other life. And so it's this cool mix of looking badass, but also being a little bit floofy to him that makes it this perfect mix that is what Android 16 is as a character. Number six, Mr. Satan. Mr. Satan isn't the coolest character, 
by any means. In fact, that's actually one of the things that makes him kind of cool, ultimately. Uh, He's such a well-done, egotistical fraud that over the years, he's wormed his way into our hearts. And his design? It's great. In one look, you understand that he's a fighter and a showman, and that's because he's designed after a wrestler. He even has like a big old wrestling-style belt. And sure, Mr. Satan isn't up to snuff with the Z-Fighters, but that's just like how a pro wrestler wouldn't be up to snuff with a UFC champion, unless that pro wrestler happens to be Brock Lesnar. But, (laughs) you know, Mr. Satan looks like a pro pro wrestler, and that tells you everything that you need to know about him. He's brash, he's arrogant, he's loud. He can hold his own in a fight. He won the World Martial Arts Tournament in years when the Z Fighters weren't there. So he's among the strongest human beings. That just happens to make him weak in in terms of what we know as a Dragon Ball viewing audience. The cape rules, the belt is great... It is just a perfect design for a loud, brash, braggart, and showman. Mr. Satan has one of the best looks in all of Dragon Ball. Number five, Frieza. Frieza is one of the earliest examples of Toriyama taking his proclivity towards subversion and applying it to character design, specifically when it comes to transformation. Yes, Toriyama has given us characters who appear unassuming and made them into major villains prior to this. Vegeta seems small and unassuming next to Nappa, for instance, and then obviously he's the big bad of the Saiyan arc. And he's uh, Toriyama has also used transformations to sort of subvert what we think about a character. Zarbon appears to be this very beautiful... Uh, almost effeminate character who then transforms into this monster, right? Then you get to Frieza. Frieza's first form is certainly playing off of a little bit of that, right? He's smaller than nearly any of his henchmen in his first form, but they all fear him, and he wields this unimaginable power. Then he transforms into his second form, and it becomes bigger and more monstrous, and then his third form is even less humanoid not that he's super humanoid to begin with but it's even more monstrous and then he's going to transform again he's going into his fourth form and he's smaller he's sleeker he seems even less threatening in appearance than his first form it's like he's the most efficient version of himself and this is like the first time that Toriyama kind of brings that into your mind that being bigger and more monstrous is not the only key to strength that making yourself more efficient and and sleeker, you can be a better fighter. Add a little bit of oddball kind of gender bending and confusion to Frieza, and it's this great design that subverts your expectations. It's awesome. It's one of Dragon Ball's best again. Number four, Perfect Cell. Cell himself is a great example of Toriyama being essentially dragged kicking and screaming by his editor to make something that winds up being great. We've all heard a lot about that already during just the first episodes we've recorded of this podcast, how Torishima told Toriyama that his initial story submissions were, frankly, crap, how Toriyama didn't even want to do a successor to Dr. Slump, how Toriyama, Toriyama wanted to quit doing Dragon Ball several times, 
he was pushed and prodded and ultimately forced to do a lot of these things, and they wound up being for the best, because while Dragon Ball is from the mind of Akira Toriyama, it is a collaborative effort, and it wouldn't have happened without his editors. Enter Cell. Toriyama had planned for Androids 19 and 20 to be the big bads of the Android arc, and his editor told them that that wasn't good enough. They weren't good designs, they weren't good at, you know, final baddies. So Toriyama creates 17 and 18. Still not good enough. He creates Cell. In fact, Toriyama winds up kind of loving semi-perfect Cell as a design and wants to just stick with that. Not good enough. So... Toriyama's pushed to give Cell a perfect form, and we have one of the most iconic characters the franchise has ever seen. He's this perfect combination of sleek and outrageous. Kind of like if someone smashed Frieza and 16 into each other in a lot of ways, right? It's it's bombastic, it's outrageous, it's got all those greens and whites kind of playing off of each other, but it's got that purple mixed in, and it's got some sleekness, and it's got some shine to it. It's... Border, it's biological, but still has a bit of roboticism kind of to it, of certainly of androidness. There's ego and refinement. Cell is an excellent character and has a spectacular, dare I say, perfect design. Number three, Piccolo. He's an angry elf. It's a trope as old as fantasy itself. And yes, obviously there's much more to Piccolo as a character than that, and as a design. But classic execution deserves points as well, and Piccolo is classic. Pointy ears, fangs, green skin, pointy nails, claws, all that. It all works. It makes him seem imposing. Then we get to the not-so-classic things, at least in terms of borrowing from other places, with his design elements. The clothing is just on point. The big shoulder pads are undoubtedly part of Piccolo's absolutely iconic look. But even when he ditches his weighted training clothing, he looks cool as hell. The contrast of his clothing to his skin color is spectacular with the purple and the green. And you could tell just by looking at this guy that he's the strong, silent type. People have been dying for Piccolo to take more of a spotlight role in the series once again. And that's in no small part because he's just so dang cool to look at whenever he's in that spotlight. Number two, Goku. We've talked in the past about how, or at least I have specifically, about how a hairstyle can confuse me because I'm a big old dummy and if someone gets a haircut, they look like a completely different person to me. Luckily, Goku's hair has never changed. This absolutely iconic hairstyle gives the main character of the work a distinct, unique outline and shape. And as soon as you see it, you know exactly who that is. It's a brilliant piece of design work. Add in the awesome orange and blue clothing, and it perfectly contrasts with itself, and you have this absolute home run of a design. And the kanji on it, the white playing off of that orange, and breaking up so that it's not just such a a color pack is excellent. Goku is a home run of a design, and he's only beaten out by one other. So, to recap my list real quick, at number 10... We had Android 18. And number 9, Gotenks. Number 8, Master Roshi. Number 7, Android 16. Number 6, Mr. Satan. Number 5, Frieza. Number 4, Cell. Number 3, Piccolo. Number 2, Goku. And our number 1 design for all of Dragon Ball is Vegeta. Vegeta encompasses 
everything that makes a great Dragon Ball character design. Everything I've talked about above as to what makes a good design is represented in Vegeta. He's at once a little bit subversive as smaller size belies his power, perfectly encapsulating the trope of a bad guy with a sneer and that widow's peak hairline. He's identifiable immediately by his outline, both with or without his iconic shoulder armature. He weaves excellent contrast of color throughout with the blues and the golds, and the perfect blend of high-tech and more biological. Whether he's sporting a scouter or just his high-tech armor or neither of those things, you can see who Vegeta is just by looking at him, and he exudes all the qualities that Vegeta has. His outfits exemplify his personality and hide some of his true nature, and his general design is basically flawless. Once again, there's a reason this character is picked up so often by cosplayers and fan artists. Vegeta as a design is the embodiment of Dragon Ball itself. So, hopefully you enjoyed this little mini-sode, and hopefully you're looking forward to Bikini's list as well. I know I am. And we'll see you in just one short week for, I believe it'll be our Godzilla episode. From there, we'll do Bikini's episode, and then we will cap the festivities off with our Don Dracula episode, which will be kind of fitting for Halloween to do a, a horror-themed show. And then that'll wrap us up, and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, did you like this? Did you dislike it? Agree? Disagree? Sound off. Let me know. Let us know. Get in touch. Give us your lists. Thanks for listening to this special, short, hopefully fun episode of Final Forum's Dragon Balloween event. Be on the lookout for some other fun and goodies heading your way. And as always, stay tuned next time and help us achieve our final forum. Final Form is written and produced by Tom Gwelly. It is performed by Dan Kinney and Tom Gwelly. Our webmaster is Dan Kinney. Our theme music is provided by YouTube content creator GVG Kit. Want to learn more about the Dragon Ball universe, including concept art, behind-the-scenes interviews, and recommendations from Jelly and Bikini? Connect with us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Final Forum Pod. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you receive your podcasts. And of course, make sure to share with your friends and family and help us spread the word of the glory of Lord Frieza. The Frieza Force thanks you for your listenership. 